Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. J.R. Spear. Spear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode on our Daily Creed podcast. And today we have Tamson Webster. She is part keynote speaker, part message strategist, and all about building big ideas. She combined 20 years in marketing, 13 years as a Weight Watchers leader, and four years as a TEDx executive producer into a simple way to change how people see and what they do as a result. It's called the Red Thread. And it's what makes your big ideas even bigger than you think. So welcome, Tamsin. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you. And, uh, I'm and, delighted and to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm... go for it. Go for it. Well, I'm just <laughs> excited to be here. So go for what? No, awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for it. I'm ready to go. What am I going for? Very cool. Well, the big question I like to always ask anyone is, one, is what are you doing today? Talk to us a little bit about the Red Thread and how are you making an impact in the world today? So I am all about helping people get their big ideas out there. And yes, I believe everyone has one. So what I find most often is that the reason why people get, you know, get struggled, you know, that struggle with that, right? We've got these amazing ideas behind what we do or maybe what we want to do. We see the power in those ideas, but we have trouble getting other people to see that power too. And what I have found over my career and my life is that I have, you know, I've spent a lot of my life kind of sitting in two wor- worlds. I was a military kid, so you learn to adjust really quickly. Um, and I learned fairly quickly how to translate from one world to another. And so that's really the work that I do. I joke that I'm an English to English translator. And generally, the languages that I'm translating from are I'm translating from the expert. So you, know, you with the idea into uh, the everyday language and concepts that people can understand and more importantly, feel the power so that they can really get the full impact out of your idea. Very cool. Now, we all have a story that leads us to where we are today. And why don't you take us a little bit of your world that led you to what you're doing? And I kind of like the idea you say you're a military kid because I was, I'm, I'm a veteran myself. So I never really get the opportunity to hear from your perspective. So I'm sure there's a little bit about that, but I would love to hear more about you as a military child, but more importantly, what led you to want to be able to do what you're doing today? So, I mean, some of it is altruistic. Some of it was just really practical, like I said. So as a military kid, we moved five times before I was five. And I think when that happens in such early foundational parts of who who you are and what you do, you just, you learn really quickly to observe like what's happening in a situation, where are the you know, who are the important people? What's important? What do people value? Yeah. I mean, how do you make that work? And, you know, the, but I was also somebody who just, it, who liked a lot of different things. So I liked sports. I liked the arts, but, you know, classic high school, these are usually two worlds that don't bridge each other. And I was just very committed to the fact that I'm like, well, I'm just going to figure out a way to make that work. Um, and so I just continued this kind of two world life really through college, through everything else. And, you know, I studied business and art history, and then I studied arts administration and organizational behavior. And most of the jobs I've ever been in have been about bridging that gap, either between departments or between an organization or business and the world. Um, and in the later years, it's been about how do you take a lot of times things from academia and and make them you know practical and every day. And a lot of it just came because you know I you know, I was a person of great passions. I am a person of great passions. I you know, like I said, I particularly love the arts, but the life of the artist was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I didn't really have that kind of dedication to it. Um, and so I decided that I at one level or another, what I wanted to be doing, and this really, I can look back at high school and think about it this way, was that I just wanted to make it so that it, it was more practical for people to follow their passions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that just means making that connection between what you know, what you're passionate about and why to how it can practically help somebody else, the world, you know, or or whatever situation you're in. 
Um, so a lot of it's just that, you know, I, I, like I said, I feel like I'm a, a human Rosetta stone in a lot of ways um, because it's just, you know, I really enjoy it. I enjoy trying to figure out well, what is it that's powerful about you, your business, your idea. Okay. How do we get that across to other people? And it's just a thing that I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. And uh, I, I mentioned to you right before we got on the show that I, recently I've had several clients, you know, they, it's almost like they need that validation to almost step into the world of pursuing what they're most passionate about. And a lot of times they don't even see it as an opportunity. So like an example that I mentioned to you is like, I have one, one of my clients, she was a personal trainer for many, many years of her life. And, but her true passion is being OCD and organizational skills when it comes to business and processes and that whole thing. And we, we, we created a new system and model to really have an offer to really help her step into that. And this is the first time that even when she speaks, uh, her message on social media and email marketing, whatever it may be, that it's a completely different person than it was when she was talking about her fitness and, and her coaching business. So you need that validation when it comes to that. But when people come to you and you recognize, be like, hey, you know what? We, this is how we start building a business around the passion and the things that you love. How do you walk someone through that particular process? Well, I think it helps to understand that the everything that you're interested in, everything that you do, I mean, this sounds obvious, but sometimes we have to be reminded about it. It all passes through you, right? So every choice that you've made in your life, you've made that choice because somewhere deeper in you, that choice made sense, right? It was based on things that you believed or things that you valued. And whereas I think we spend a lot of time trying to convince ourselves that other people's choices make more sense than ours or whatever. I actually think that there's deep power in understanding why we do what we do the way that we do it. Uh, I believe that that we have, you know, our, you know, our behaviors are really set by these beliefs. And a lot of times we don't even know what they are. I mean, psychologists refer to it as silent assumptions or schema, right? This is these rules about how we believe the world works or how we work. And we don't think about them. We don't even ever surface them, but they're guiding everything that we do all the time. And so, you know, your client's decision to be a fitness instructor is related to something about what she believed and what was important to her as is her desire and her interests in organizational stuff as well. So what I try to do with the folks that I work with is to say, is to realize that anything that we're doing or anything that we want to do is a product of that kind of operating system in play. And so mm -hmm. what I work walk people through is, you know, it's a system that I developed, a method I developed for kind of uncovering or surfacing you know, that story that we tell ourselves consciously or not about why we do what we do. And when people find that, it's enormously powerful for them because just understanding that there is a rationale, that there is what I call a red thread that connects all of it together in and of itself ends up being validating to people. They're not just like, oh, this isn't crazy. This is actually a product of who I am, what I believe, and the things that I'm drawn to over and over again. And not only that, even though this may feel like a completely new direction, a lot of times people discover that they've built it, they've been building the muscle for that new direction for, for their entire lives. And so all of that together often makes it you know, not necessarily not scary for people to do something different, but it makes them feel like they're starting from much sure ground. And you know, that's one of the things that you know, back in my days as a Weight Watchers leader, I used to I used to say to my members that the, the biggest leaps start from the surest ground. So if we can understand you know, what it is that brought us to this place, that you know, that what got us here. What I've discovered over and over again is that what got us here will get us there if we just start to think about it sometimes in a slightly different way. Yeah, that that uh that brings up several different questions or that's kind of going through my head. And but you did mention like you you got a a process that you take people through to help them really discover what that why we do what we do type thing. You want to kind of walk us through a little bit about what the process looks like? Sure. Well, it's based on this uh, fact, really, that that we make sense of the world through story. And I, I don't necessarily mean like once upon a time kind of stories. I mean, the stories in the sense of you know the explanations, the rationalizations that we tell ourselves often pre-consciously about why things happen the way they do. 
you know, we say like this happened because that person's a good person or this, I achieved this because I deserved it. Like these are their stories that, that we tell ourselves. And what, you know, since I do most of my work with, with businesses and those businesses are interested in how is it that we can get the right people to decide that our solution is the right one for them. It comes back to this thing, well, they're not going to make any kind of decision without a story that they can tell themselves that makes sense, right? And so I was like, all right, if that's true, then why don't we skip a lot of the intermediate steps and just build our messages about our businesses as the story that someone would tell themselves in the first place, rather than like, what's our story and how do we tell it? That's part of it, but it's much more, how would someone else who doesn't know us yet come to decide for themselves that what we do is the right thing for them. So from that perspective, I was like, okay, if we want to build the stories that people will tell themselves, well, what does that story look like? How do we do that? Well, what's the parts in it? What are the parts in it? And you know, as it turns out, those stories that we tell other people, those classic once upon a time stories, have the same elements as the stories that we tell ourselves. So for instance, they they always start with discovering what somebody wants. There's always what I call a goal. There's always a problem that's getting in the way of that goal, something else that has to be solved before we can get what we want. So I call that the problem. There is always in stories what's known as a moment of truth. There's this moment when one of those silent assumptions that we were talking about earlier suddenly surfaces and it changes the context of everything else. It really forces a decision. So that truth piece is the third thing. The fourth thing that all stories have is the result of that discovery that the truth creates, right? It's the change. It's that decision that you make. And in stories, the ones that we tell other people, it determines whether or not there's a happy or a sad ending, right? Like that that decision is like, okay, now I'm going to do it. And then the fifth piece are what are the actions? What are the specific elements or steps that are needed to make that decision happen? So that goal, problem, truth, change, action. Um, As it turns out, those are the elements in the stories that we tell ourselves and they're the elements in the stories that we tell other people. So maybe you can see why, like all of a sudden how that becomes very useful. Because if you can take your idea, you can take your worldview, you can take who you are and what you've done and you can put it into those elements, goal, problem, truth, change, action. Not only do you understand the operating you know, the kind of building blocks of why you do what you do the way that you do it, but it's already in a format that when you talk about it to somebody else, they're going to understand it much more easily. I love the framework that you got and uh, for being the goal problem, truth, change and action. And uh, can you lean in a little bit more on like the moment of truth? Cause uh, you know, yes. that's, that's, that's something that, I mean, I, I understand the goal. I understand the problem yeah. and how yeah. to make the change in the action. But the moment of truth is kind of like the the part that I feel like I personally would need the most help with. So like what? what, it, what yes. It, <laughs> so most people do need the most help with this because so often they're rooted in something very, it, it's just, it doesn't even occur to us that we might need to say something out loud. And this one is, this one is so like, I, I have a whole keynote just about the fact that we leave out the moment of truth in sales and marketing messaging kind of all the time. And I, one of the examples I give in that keynote is this eHarmony commercial of all things from a couple years ago, where I, I swear to you, this is like the full extent of the copy in the ad. It goes, this, but so it's a, it's a guy with a puppy, right? And he's like, or a young dog. And he's, and, and this handsome guy with dog says, this guy's my best friend. That's what I want in a partner too. Great goal. That's why I trust eHarmony. Wait, what? Right. So we do this, we jump from problem to solution, like super, super quick, like without an explanation between it. And it happens over and over and over again. So we basically say as marketers, as salespeople, oh, you want this? We do that. Therefore, you want us. But it's not, that isn't actually always the way it works because we actually, as humans, we need to understand why your way of doing that is the right one for me. So for instance, I mean, have you ever had that situation where someone has, is doing something and they just kind of blithely say, oh, well, the ends justify the means. And you're like, not those 
not those means. Those means no. do not justify those ends. Like we may be in agreement that that's the right goal, but we do not agree on how no. to get there. And this is what the moment of truth is is really about. It's about explaining why your means are the ones that they are. So let me give an example. So a couple, you know, just actually this year, eHarmony released a new set of ads where they essentially put back, they put in that piece that was missing. So it's a longer ad, but it basically says, you know, I want a partner who's a good fit with me in my life. And then there's a line in the ad now where they say, we're the app that gets to know you better to match you better. Hmm. That's why you should trust eHarmony. And it's that piece in the middle, like it's that speaks to that truth because it speaks to anyone who also believes that the more that somebody knows you or the more that someone knows about you, the more likely they're going to find somebody who's a good match for you. We needed to hear that in order for that connection between I want someone who's a good fit with my life and eHarmony. We had to go through the well, eHarmony is the right answer maybe for me. It's not. It's I'm already married. Um, but the you know someone would be saying, well, eHarmony is the right answer for me because now I understand that their approach, part of why they do the way that they do it, is so that they can get to know me better. That they're going to match me better because they're going to get to know me better. So fundamentally, we we need as humans, we need that piece of information in order for kind of a problem and solution to make sense. And so. You know, when you're looking for that in your own message, um, what you're looking for is you know, there's a couple of different ways to get to it. I talk about them in my book, but you're looking for something that you and your audience both believe, both agree is true without you having to convince your audience that it's true. Um, so that, for instance, you know, another client of mine, this is a, com- a company that makes uh I'll explain it, but they make negative carbon emission, like negative carbon emitting materials for uh, building, you know, for for folks that build, for builders, right? Bless you, or excuse you. Um, You told me you had a cough, so I just thought you're going to look like a sneeze. I was like, oh, it's probably gone. So they make these, so, and who they serve are, you know, kind of construction, you know, companies that need to build things, but many of the materials with which companies needs to build things are carbon carbon positive, right? They emit carbon. At the same time, a lot of these companies have set for themselves goals of zero carbon emissions, right? They've made this commitment to their, their market, to the planet, whatever, that they need to take down their carbon emissions. But that's kind of hard to do when, when by definition, much of the stuff that they used emits carbon and they can't yet figure out how not to do that, like how not to create those things. But that's where this company made of air comes in because they've got negative admissions materials. But if we just said, Hey, you want to reach, reach net zero. So therefore you need negative admissions materials. You're asking people to make a lot of connections on their own and they may not, right? You could, hey, you want to reach net zero? Well, we help you reach net zero, so go with us. People want to know, well, how? And it comes down to the fact that it's, so here's the truth, right, that, that you would surface in this in this message is it just comes down to basic math, right? So if I've got two of something and I want to have zero of something, what needs to happen? Hmm. Two of them need to go away, right? I need negative two of that in order to reach zero. So the the kind of the message that we set up for them was like, well, for those of you who want to reach net zero, right, and are facing the problem of materials that emit carbon that are positive that you you can't do without, if you agree, here's the truth, that every to reach zero, every negative needs a needs a every positive needs a negative. Well, then that's why at Made of Air, we created negative materials so that you can use those to balance out what you're building in your project and we can help you get to net zero. So it's that kind of thing. We're trying to find the reason why we believe that, you know, in the case of Made of Air, why do they believe that that's the right answer? And we and that's what you have to surface. And it's not easy because again, it's usually so much a part of how we see the world. It doesn't occur to us to say it out loud to people, but if we don't, they don't know whether or not they align with you. They don't know whether or not they believe those ends justify those means, right? They just don't understand the relationship. 
So we have to include that. And I'm obviously a little passionate about that because we so often forget it. We just skip right over it Um, because our brains just assume that like, it's just, again, part of how we see the world. So it doesn't occur to us to say it out loud, but we need to. No, that that's that's really good because I, I have a really close friend of mine, and his dad is like been teaching on sales for a long time and messaging for a lot of different companies and and speak on stages. And it's funny as you're talking, it actually is exactly the same message that he teaches on stages, and the which is the alignment. So before yeah. you can even get to the point of like agreeing, so you got the alignment, then you got the agreement that you can help solve the problem. So before you can get to the agreement that you guys can do, you work together, you have to be aligned with knowing that you can work with each other and that you can solve the right problem and things like that. So as you're, as you're talking, I'm having like an aha moment. like, oh yeah, you know, th- this is what it, what he means and, and what he's talking about and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's crazy because I feel like throughout the sales process, majority of entrepreneurs, as you mentioned before, skip this entire process. They go immediately from, you know, okay, I have the rapport building. Then uh, here's the problem that you're solving. Let me, let's talk about the, you know, the, what I can offer you to be able to get there. So they're going right to the offer and your message, but they're not going to the point of the alignment of where they are at and what you can offer and then kind of get them to the agreement of that. And so, yeah, I mean, kind of of interesting. Yeah, because I think what happens, and I'm just having my own insight into this as well, is that you know we we align. So much of the focus has been on the what. What I mean by that is like, do we align on what you need? Like, what the outcome is that you're looking for? Do we agree on that? You know, this particular benefit is important, and we try to do all of the sales on that. Well, don't you want this? Well, then you should have us. But we forget that we need to make sure we're aligned on the how as well. Because, you know, I mean, ask anyone who's done some kind of fad diet, right? Like, like I may want to get, you know, to, you know, maintain my weight or to lose some weight. Um, But the how, not every how is going to work for me and not every how is going to work long term. So I need to understand how I need to believe in your how um, before I'm going to believe in your what. And so, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of focus. We were talking again about passions where there's to find your why and you talk about why you do what you do, um, because as Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I would say, but only if they agree with how you do it. Hmm. And that's the important thing. So we need to just as imp- just as important as explaining the why behind the what, why you do what you do. Why is that so important to you? We also need to explain why you do what you do, how you do it. That why, that why behind the how, like I said, because that's where ultimately you decide whether or not that company, that person, that that product or service is for you, right? One of the examples I give is if we're talking about outdoor outdoor clothiers, right? So outdoor adventure gear providers. Well, you've got Patagonia on one hand, and then you've got a company like Montclair on the other. Well, both of you will sell you a coat, right? So if you're just looking to keep warm when you're outside, there's that, right? But one of them is, it has a whole set of beliefs that we are all very clear on in the form of Patagonia about circular economy and regeneration and supporting the planet and how that backs up to how they run their business. And that's not a criticism of Montclair, but it's just like Montclair is that's not how they do it. Like there's a different why behind that how. Um, and I think it's when you decide and when you align with one brand or the other, it's because you're more aligned with one brand set of beliefs or, or the, uh, over another. It's you're more aligned with a you know, particular business's set of beliefs or uh, over another. And when it's particularly important when we're talking about small businesses and entrepreneurs, you're talking about whether or not your beliefs with the person, the founder, the business person that you're dealing with align with yours on what's the best way to achieve those outcomes that, yeah, you both agree that you want or you wouldn't be talking to each other, but do you agree on how to get there? And that's, I think, where we have a real opportunity for unrivaled differentiation because it can get really hard to compete on what you do, right? And but it can it's can be much more difficult 
like it's much, I should say it's much more, it's much easier to separate yourself from, okay, here's why you do what you do. Right. But once you start to explain why you do what you do, the way that you do it, that's when all sorts of other things start to come up. And I think if there's one unique thing about every person in this world, it's how we look at it, right? We may share certain elements of that, but our our combination of what do we try to help people achieve and what are the tensions that we love to solve and what are those underlying beliefs that guide what we do and what are the sets of skills that we've developed over time, that combination is not copyable and it's and it's unique for e- each of us because there's just so much of that coming into play so um i really urge folks when they are trying to figure out not only like what you know, what they want to do if it's about following their passion but to go back and kind of reconstruct which is what that goal problem truth change action does reconstruct like how you got to this point in the first place because that 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 process of reconstruction. Why did you find, find, you know, found your business? Why did you choose to do this thing? Why is it that this other area, if you're thinking of changing, is appealing to you? Being able to understand, identify those things and articulate things really arms you with a a wonderful set of uh, messages that can help further set you apart and back to our validation point, make you feel much more confident that you're doing something that you are really built to do because you've been doing it just maybe not in the same way. Yeah. So you say that it's not always about being aligned or just not the only way it's, it's more important to be more aligned on the how versus the what. So I just wanted to kind of validate that, but when you, when we're on a call, or a messaging, and you already mentioned some of this, but I kind of want to nail this down in a couple key bullet points uh, for the listeners. So just so we kind of repeat a little bit, but when we are on a sales call, we're talking to someone and we're trying to get to that alignment of the how, what are some key questions that you particular like to do for yourself or that you instruct your clients to be able to do? So do you have like a list of certain questions that you like to to ask that can help guide them through that conversation or what's your suggestion on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, so, um, so there's a, there's actually a tool that I built that might be helpful to your audience. If they just go to conversationalcase.com, that can help you structure uh, a conversation that way. Um, but I can go through what those elements are right now because each of the blanks, so it's kind of like a Mad Libs for messages there. Um, but each of the blanks on that worksheet is a place, A, a question you can ask yourself, but it's also a place to stop. It could be a place to stop and have a conversation with the person that you're talking to. Um, and the first blank is, you know, when I speak with. So that's one of the first things to do um, is to identify who who are you really for? Because you're not for everyone. And I would argue, based on everything we've talked about so far, that who you're really for are people who see the world either the same way you do or at least in in, in alignment with you. Um, people who come at things from a similar direction. Again, it doesn't have to be identical. But, you know, so it's not like when I speak with, everybody. It's essentially when I speak with, you you can be very specific. So if you're talking about leaders or small business people, it was one of the questions I asked you before we started, like who, who, who's your audience and who are we talking to here? Um, So when I speak with, right. Then the next question is they often want to know. And what we're trying to fill in there is what is a question that those folks are actively trying to solve? I actually asked you that question too. What are some of the questions they're having? And you said, well, it's lead gen and messaging over and over again. And I translate to that. How do we get the right people to understand that our solution, our business, us, we are the right solution for them? Um, So that's what you... I would put that in. And if you're having a conversation with someone, so say when I speak with folks, they often want to know this question. Is that the question you have too? Like, and if they say yes, great, proceed. If not, well, now you've gathered new information and you're you're saying, actually, well, no, I'm actually more interested in how can I pivot my career? Okay. Well, now we're in a different spot, but we can keep, we can kind of still keep going from there. Um, the next kind of the next one right after that. So is when I speak with, they often want to know. And then the next one is so they can. And that's where you are speaking to 
the larger motivations behind folks. Like, well, why do they want more lead gen? Why do they want better messaging? So if they want better messaging, it's probably so they could get more leads or better quality leads, right? If they're looking for lead gen, why are they looking for lead gen? So they can grow their business, serve the right people, have a greater impact on the world, whatever it might be. And so that's, again, a point of saying, like, even if you're just doing this as a conversation, so what are the big, what's the big question that you're trying to answer right now? So they know, so they can, why are you, why is that important to you? Hmm. Oh, okay. Here's, well, here's what that, here's what you're gathering from that. All right. From there, um, the next one goes, when looking for the answer, the usual answers or people or the market often focus on blank more than on blank. Now, this is a place where if I'm helping someone build a message, we kind of take a first crack at this ourselves, right? So if I'm talking about someone about messaging, right? You talk about message so that you can get greater quality leads. I would say, well, when looking for that answer, how to build a great message, we often focus more on what we want to say than on what people need to hear, right? It's not that there's anything wrong with focusing on what you want to get across about your business, right? Like you need to do that. But most people would probably agree. My experience is when I talk to them, like you're you know, when you say to them that what people need to hear about your business, you're like, oh, wait, that's different. <laughs> like, well, what do they need to hear? What's happening? And so, again, that's a point where you take a first crack at it, but can also be a point of conversation. Like, so where, like, so what have you been doing so far to answer this question for yourself? What has been some of the things that you've been doing so you can collect that? Oh, okay. So you've been focusing very much on like, what about your business you want to make sure gets out there in the marketplace? Great. Well, you know, how much do you know or how much have you thought about? you know, how people make those decisions. Again, that's a way for you to get into that. So when uh, when I speak with, they often want to know so they can. When looking for that answer, they, the usual answers, whatever, focus on blank more than on blank. Now here's where the truth comes in. So yet we can all agree it's true that. Um, so I could say, for instance, but we would you agree it's true that every decision has a story, right? We tell ourselves stories to justify what we do, right? And that's, again, that's a place where you can lead that conversation. Generally, if we're having, you know, that, you know, sales conversation, I would recommend that you lead with what you believe. Um, and that's a point of checking, right? Because if someone goes, yeah, no, I don't believe that. I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how you don't believe that, but certain people may not, a, a well a well-chosen truth should be feel pretty inarguable, at least to the customer or the client that's right. So if someone goes, yeah, I believe that, then you say, well, that's why when I'm working with folks, what I do is we build the stories that people will tell themselves, right? That that's what the strongest message is going to be. Well, how do you do that? Okay. So yeah, we can all agree. It's true. That's where that truth comes in that we're talking about. And then the next one is that's why my answer or I work with clients too. And then you put in kind of what that high level change is that you help people do. Here's how, that's where the actions come in. So I help people find the goal, the problem, the truth, the change in the action. I help them find the red thread. And then two other optional ones here. Not only does that answer their question, how do I build a great message so I can improve my lead generation? It also often reveals why you do what you do the way that you do it and provides a solid base of differentiation. So then the last optional one is, so would you be open to? And that's, I mean, depending on the context, that can be, would you be open to a demo or a pilot or a trial or buying my book or signing up for my newsletter or um, walking through it yourself, right? So that kind of conversation um, kind of structured that way a, helps you find those goal, problem, truth, change, action elements that we talked about. B, if you look at those, if you're filling in those blanks, that helps you understand as a business person, which blanks you don't actually have a good answer for yet. And so which ones you need to fill in. And then C, once you've got them, you've got a really powerful basis to have not only build content around what you do, but also have conversations with folks that so you're finding more about it. And that really, I find, allows you to surface all those elements where you can find there's good alignment. Because if the people don't have the question that you want to answer, if they don't agree that the kind of the new perspective you're introducing is important, if they don't agree with your foundational belief, then they're not going to believe, they're not going to agree with your approach. So great, you haven't wasted 
you haven't, you're not going to go forward wasting time with somebody who's never going to be a good lead for you. So yeah. I always think that's useful. <laughs> no, very cool. So before we dive in to learn, to go and learn more about your book, I want to recap the, this message framework that you got, because I think sure. this is golden that everyone needs to definitely take note on. And the first one is when I speak with the answer to that question, they often want to know, follow up with that so they can, and then fill in the blanks when looking yep. for the answer, the focus more on what rather than this. Yeah. Yep. On then one can, thing more than another, right. You have to figure out though what that is, but yeah. You got yeah. It. And then we and, can and all one note on that one. It's not yeah. that they're focused more on, you know, their current solutions more than on your solution. Remember a problem is something that they have to solve before having that. And you may think, well, the problem is they don't have my thing yet, but that's actually not the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's your solution solves a problem that gets in the way of their, of what they want. And mm -hmm. that's what you have to articulate. You're like, you want my solution because our solution solves this problem. And it's that problem that's actually getting in the way. And so you actually have to reverse engineer that. You say, you want this thing. Wouldn't you agree this is the problem that's getting in your way? Because we believe this and take this approach, would you agree that solves that problem? Great. That's what we do. Like, that's how we have to structure that. So that's why that's in there. Sorry, I was interrupting. <laughs> no, you're, so, that, no, it's a beautiful framework. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to clarify. And then the last two questions or the parts in your messaging framework is we can all agree it's true that and that goes to the truth method uh, segment of your framework. And then would yep. you be open to this, which boils down to your message? No. So there's, so we can all agree it's true that. And then the next, the immediate next one is that's why our answer is to, or that's why I recommend, or we recommend. Gotcha. And then, so that's the change. And then here's how, which is the actions. That's where you get more specific. And then, so the, here's how it can be optional depending on context um, the, so would you be open to can be optional depending on context. And then the last one that you can include depending on context is not only does that achieve your goal or answer the question, it also, and that's where you put in all the extra features and benefits that you were talking, that you often try to start with. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times think about it when we're messaging, a lot of times we try to say, Hey, our product slices and dices and cuts everything. And like, does all these 70 million things. Don't you want that? Yes. So buy our thing. Now, why doesn't that work? A, it's way too many things for someone to believe, at least at the beginning, that your thing can do all that because they don't know how you do it. So they don't know how you deliver on that other than you're telling me that my your, your service does. You're like, well, we can deliver on it. But it's not the same thing as I understand why and how you deliver on it. So that's why it's important to focus on one thing. Like, what's that one question they're trying to answer? Because if you can kind of explain how your thing, like how you solve the problem that's getting in the way of that one thing that they want, then they understand how you do what you do and why you do it that way. And then oftentimes they're going to be able to do the calculation themselves about now you see that not only answers your question, but it also provides all these other things that you were probably interested in as well. You don't have to work as hard to explain those because you've already done that work of saying, are, be, you know, we solve this problem this way, you know, that's why we have this product. You know, we solve this problem of, you know, positive and negative because, you know, negatives need a positive, uh, you know, positive needs a negative in order to get to zero. So therefore we make negative emissions materials. We can say that. So not only that, it also, right. It could be, you know, things like reduces the, you know, overall carbon footprint, not just of your organization, but of the industry as a whole or something like that. That allows you just to put that extra piece in. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be going and downloading this at the <laughs> conversationalcase.com, right? That's yep, the conversationalcase.com. Yes, yep. Conver conversationalcase.com. And I'm going to be perfecting my message even better by following awesome. this framework because this is some uh, powerful tools that you're giving. And I think it can definitely benefit anyone that wants to go through it. So I appreciate you taking the time to be able to share that because this is stuff that I believe that a lot of people struggle with and they immediately want to get to the solution rather than identifying all these other important keynote you know, elements that you talk about, which is going to be your, you know, the, the, the first piece of the goal, problem, truth, change and action. So yeah, love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm going to 
be, I'm going to download it right when, uh, right when I get done with this awesome. call <laughs> so, and, and go through it myself. So I got some homework for me. Now you mentioned that you have a book and I yep. want to know more about what this book is, who it's for and why it would benefit someone wanting to take advantage of reading it. Sure. So uh, it's called Find Your Red Thread, Make Your Big Ideas Irresistible. And it is kind of the longer version of everything we've talked about today. So it doesn't have the conversational case in it, but it does have a chapter each on the goal, the problem, the truth, the change, and the action so that you can, once you've filled out the conversational case, you can go back and make each of those as strong as they need to be. You know, also there's a bit more explanation for why those things, the way they are. It also includes what can you do with those things once you've got them, right? Right? Mm -hmm. And the first thing is that you put them together in what I like to call a storyline, but you can think of it as a minimum viable case for your idea. Um, it can also serve as a really much more effective elevator pitch because it's focused on that story that someone will tell themselves more than it is on features and benefits. Um, and then from that, you can, and the book tells you how to do that as well, distill it even further so that you can get to a point where you can summarize your big idea in a single sentence from there, which is really, I think, one of the things that we all aspire to when someone says, you know, what do you do? Or why should I hire you? You want to be able to say, well, you know, I help experts, you know, translate ideas into action by helping them build the stories that people will tell themselves. How do you do that? Well, when I speak with, and that's when you can roll into your conversational case. And all of that is built on this basis of these elements of goal, problem, truth, change, action. So the book is really for anyone who has you know, an idea that they feel is bigger than they are, mm. where they see the power in it and people aren't seeing it as well as they are yet. And it really is a step-by-step -step guide for how to create these stories that people will tell themselves about your idea. And yeah, as we've already talked about, and the bonus might be that you find that you have now a way to talk about kind of why you do everything that you do the way that you do it as well. So I know I've been kind of taking your framework and everything we've been talking about today, focusing geared towards sales, but yeah. this is actually more powerful that can be used in many different types of facets of life. I mean, what, what are other areas that the listeners can be take to and be like, Hey, you know what, you can use this model for other areas and it would so include much. <laughs> this. Yeah. I mean, so I wrote it that. for, I wrote it for, for, you know, with the intent of generally um, marketing and sales applications, because that's, you know, that's where a lot mm -hmm. of my clients are. They're trying to figure out how to build better pitch decks or sales decks or have more effective sales conversations, or they're trying to figure out how to uh, differentiate themselves in the marketplace. So yes, it can absolutely be used for all of those things, for market materials, for figuring out how to you know talk about and structure information on your website. Um, but I've also had, you know, given my background, I've had you know, people use it to build keynote presentations and TED and TEDx talks. Um, we have used it with how to how to structure internal presentations where you're trying to argue for more staff or more budget or resources. I've used it personally on my children to help them understand why, you know, what, you know, how help them figure out for themselves how they want to handle a particular situation. Um, there's just you know, it was one of those things where I know all the things it could do, but similar to what I just said, I couldn't mm. lead with, hey, do you want to do X, Y, Z, Q, and, you know, all these other things? And someone would be like, mm, maybe, but how, you know, so I really aimed it more for that kind of inside out conversation. But you know, when I'm working with clients, we have a, you know, I help them build two, we call it the 90 day deliverable. And so generally what I'm helping people do is build, um, do a wireframe of the copy for a website landing page, for instance, or an about us or something like that. Something that captures what's the big idea of a particular thing. Um, sales intro decks, um, pitch decks, or outlines of those conversations, uh, sales discussion documents. Uh, we also help people come up with keynote descriptions, TEDx applications, and then book back cover copies. So once you've got this, you know, since we, since you've got those foundational elements. Uh, in the goal, problem, truth, change, and action. And since that's what people need to hear in order to make anything make sense, once you've under once you've identified those things, you end up with all the elements that a lot of times we're looking for for our businesses anyway, right? We're looking for, well, what's the core outcome that you provide? You're looking for what's the core problem that you solve? What's that real problem that you solve? You're looking for the core belief. You're looking for kind of that core differentiation um, in your value prop. And that's exactly what the goal, problem, truth, change, action 
translate into, right? The goal is that core outcome. The problem is the core tension that you solve. The the truth is the core belief that you're based on. Your change is your kind of chief differentiating value proposition. Um, and then your actions are your generally your proprietary approach and your model. So um, the book is really about how to do that and what, how to find those elements so that you can apply them to whatever you need. And generally it's kind of anytime you need to talk to somebody about what you do in either conversation or in content that you've got that structure to follow. Yeah. I'm even seeing this uh, for the corporate setting as well, like trying to sell yourself to your boss, your employees, your, your clients on that whole end. And so, yeah, so I, I want the listeners out there be like, Hey, just because you may not be an entrepreneur, but you are in the corporate world. I, I don't know how many, I mean, to me personally, I think everyone, needs to be good in sales in some aspect. And everyone's like, oh, I hate sales. But to me, this is like, you get, we have to sell ourselves every day to every person, to our kids, to our family, to our spouse, to our boss, to our employees and clients, friends, coworkers, doesn't matter. And really understanding your message and how to put it in place that fits you for the people that you're communicating with is you know, crucial. And uh, especially yeah. for those introverts. Like I, I'm seeing this as even for conversation with some people that I know that don't enjoy talking to people, maybe, maybe because they don't have the confidence to be able to do so. And, and a quote that I, I came up years ago, is just saying confidence comes with clarity. So the mere, more clear you are in your programs, your offers, your deliverables, your messaging, the more confident you're going to gain. And by using a simple framework like this to really input the different things that help them do it, gosh, your confidence level is just going to spike up that much higher. And you're going to be a completely different person. So yeah, yeah. I, I think- I think the book is I mean, definitely speaking as an introvert that developed yeah. this for exactly that reason. So that I always kind of had a framework in my mind, if you know, to answer a question or to, you know, to write a blog post or to, to structure a presentation or to structure a difficult or potentially stressful conversation with my mm. boss or a colleague. Uh, yeah, it absolutely does. And you're right about the selling thing. I mean, the thing is, if you think about it in the terms of, if you want someone to buy into something, how are they going to buy into something if you're not selling it in the first place, right? Like Absolutely, so, yeah. even if even if it's just an idea, like if if you want someone to buy into it, you've got to sell the idea, yeah. and you know ultimately, you know that all comes down to you. Somebody will or won't decide to do something based on whether or not they can come up with a story that for themselves about why that makes sense. If the story yeah. makes sense, then the decision will make sense. Vice and sometimes we do that in reverse. We like we make a decision about something and then we go back and build a story about why that decision made sense in the first place. And really, what this does is just basically says, well, how can I, how can I raise the probability of success of any conversation that I'm having? Um, answer by building the way that I talk about it in a way that's most likely to align with what somebody would agree with. And that's not your perspective. That's their perspective. So you frame it from what they want. You're validating what they've been doing so far. You're contrasting that, yes, with a different approach, but again, with a different perspective that they also agree is equally valid, right? Yeah. So it's just when we're talking about messaging, it's not that there's anything wrong with focusing on what you want to say, because if you don't have a perspective on what your business is or what you're about, you don't have anything to say. But we need to balance that with what people need to hear about it and and so on. So it really is about just giving people a way to make thinking through what their audience would respond to a little bit easier. Yeah, well, a confused mind will never buy. So if you if, right. if your if your audience is confused about what you're even saying, what you have to offer, what you have to give, uh, they're they're never going to buy into your messaging, your story, as you say, uh, or have to offer. So. Really good stuff there. All right. So the, the big question I like to ask everyone when they come on our show is what is your creed? Meaning, what is the one thing that you are most committed to that you'll be resilient even through the most difficult times, showing up every day, giving your best and have the mental and physical discipline to complete your mission? So, yeah. Tamson, what is your creed? Uh, helping people close the gap between potential and reality. Helping people close the, the gap between potential yep. and reality reality. Yeah. Cause I just, you talk to me about something that you want to achieve. You believe that you can do it and you're just not sure how to get there. Then I will do everything in my power to help you figure out how to, how to do that. Um, and that's that ultimately my work comes down to that, that, that it, I hate it when someone can see a better 
answer for themselves or for the world and they can see it and they just either they can't figure out how to get from where they are to where in there or they can and they just can't figure out how to get anyone else to join them mm. and so for me it's about how like just i'm constantly just trying to learn more about why we do the things the way that we do and what we need, you know, what, how is it that we form those beliefs and how do those beliefs drive our behaviors? Because ultimately it's those behaviors that set up how our businesses operate. It's the behaviors that determine the brand. Um, but ultimately it really comes down to how, how do you close that gap between where you are and where you want to be? And I just, I, I hate to see those gaps stand open. And so I try to do everything I can to close them. Really cool. So say that one more time. So it's helping people fill the gap to get from potential to reality. Yeah. Close the gap between potential and reality. You got it. I love that. Very cool. Well, Tamsin, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. This concludes our interview for this episode. And I'm going to be posting all of your contact information, your website, and uh, anything else that you would like to provide and social links and things like that inside of the show notes. So no need to actually share it or the listeners trying to remember or write it down because it's going to be right there and all the show notes for them to be able to get, click on and go. But thank you so much for being a guest on today's show. You definitely jam-packed it with a lot of information, uh, valuable information to help the everyday entrepreneur or the everyday individual with their messaging. And uh, I just thank you for that. And as well as for your book, I will be posting some information about that. And it sounds like it's one that we all need to get. So I uh, I love that. Love to see, follow you, see what's going to be coming next for you. And before we uh, before we close out this episode, is there any last minute thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience? I just, I'm, I'll close where I started, which is that I believe everybody has a, a, a big idea in them. And you know, I define a big idea as the an idea that has the power of changing the world, even if it's just one person's. Uh, and I think that everybody's idea and everybody deserves to find that thing so that they can achieve and have the impact that they're looking for. So that's where I want to end. Powerful. Love it. Well, thank you so much again, Tamson, for being a guest on today's show. And to the listeners, until next time, simplify. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at Fit Pro Funnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear. 